The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Hello and thanks very much for joining me for another episode of Climate Matters, an episode where we go back to Climate Matters number 81, which was issued in the middle of August this year. I'm Lindsay Wood from the climate strategy company Resilience Limited, and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. Well, as I mentioned, today's episode is Climate Matters 81, and it's one that I've termed a more good news, more often issue, for reasons you'll hear about in a minute. Among the things we're going to be talking about is bridging the climate gap with the consensus app POLIS, getting wood where we want it, storing carbon in buildings, let's stop kidding ourselves and catch up with EVs, electric vehicles, And R.I.P. James Lovelock, if you can. We'll also have a hot tip and we'll also have a little brain teaser for you, as we're tending to do more often in recent Climate Matters. So anyway, let's get on to Climate Matters number 81. As I said, I'm calling it a more good news issue. And if it's so, here's what I said in the introduction. If Climate Matters 81 seems a little different, that's great. I'm trying to change it. And I'm finding it hard because it's really about trying to change me. I'm trying to get better at showing a roadmap to a good place rather than using hard facts to paint daunting pictures. And that's pretty tough when uh, a lot of the pictures are daunting. I'm trying to heed the great experts I've been interviewing. And that was uh, in regard to the wonderful lot of interviews I conducted for the Climate and Local Government series. And I'm trying to follow Catherine Hayhoe and others who are very good at this positive messaging. With Climate Matters also turning four next issue, wow, it's time we grew up a tad and more. So if anyone wants to give help on all of that, that would be great. Now, I mentioned we also have a bit of a brain teaser. And this week's brain teaser is, what is SF6? That's S for... Sausage, F for Florida, and the number six. What is SF6 and why is it important for climate? So let's get into the articles. The first one is Bridging the Climate Gap. Check out the amazing consensus potential of POLIS, that is P-O-L-I-S. A feature of my interviews with climate experts, and if you listen to them, you will have heard them repeat this sort of thing, was the number advocating for better forms of participatory democracy. 
and there really were a lot discussing that. End of stage left Polis, a social media platform with origins in the Taiwanese turmoil of 2014. That's an interesting genesis, isn't it? And gaining widening use at bridging difficult communication, opinion and decision gaps. Check it out with the BBC. We'll give a link on the webpage at, uh, at Fresh FM. And there's also a background at a Guardian article. You can Google Polis Guardian and you'll find that. Taiwan already has 20 laws founded in Polis processes and other countries are following suit. And this is a really important thrust. We really have to get better at making these wide consensus decision making, especially in the face of very challenging topics like tackling climate change. We have to try and get ourselves pointing in the same direction if we're to improve our chances of fixing it. And talking about fixing it, here's a, a TED talk I really urge you to go and watch. Preventing catastrophic climate change is a totally feasible project. Now, many of you will know of Yuval Noah Harari. He's a celebrated historian. He's Probably his most famous book is Sapiens, and it's about the human beings. It's a very commanding history. He's also written the book Homo Deus about what's happening after Homo Sapiens, uh, and he really knows his stuff. And in that, he talks about the cost of preventing climate breakdown and what a small part of our actual national GDP, or however you want to measure it, it is compared with the scale of the problem we're trying to tackle. Do find yourself, I think it's only about 15 minutes, and listen to Harari. He really is good value. Now, getting wood where we want it. Storing carbon in buildings. Forestry Trade News Friday Cutoffs, that's a weekly newsletter that I receive, reports good climate news for timber. Like, quotes, the world's largest 3D polymer printer is in a pilot study in the University of Maine, printing a small house from sawdust and other timber residues in just three days. Have you got that? A 3D printer building a house from sawdust and other timber residue. Fantastic. There'll be a link to that. Or an Adelaide Hotel's 31-storey timber structure, cutting the components by weight of 75%, as well as storing carbon. So, and when you start to factor that in, reducing the weight 75% means, for example, a huge reduction in transport, in cranage, and really importantly, in the concrete needed in foundations to hold it all up. If that presses your button, here New Zealand pioneer engineer Professor Andy Buchanan, and there's a link there actually to the um, engineers for social responsibility and in, um, a great session they had with Andy. That will be available on their website if you want to Google it. And from the Can You Believe It files, this is one that really blows the mind. Climate change is making Switzerland bigger and Italy smaller. And it's not because the rocks in Switzerland are expanding in the warmth heat quicker than the ones in Italy. The, we'll give a link to the Guardian article on the Fresh FM website. But the boundary between those two countries runs along the crest of the Alps in Europe. And not far from the famous mountain, the Matterhorn, 
is the Teodul Glacier, and it curves right across from uh, across the, the ridge line. And as the glacier shrinks with global overheating, the high point is moving towards Italy. So in other words, the high point is contributing more land or more area to Switzerland and taking it away from Italy. To the extent that a large mountain hut, the refuge for the guides of Cervino, which when built only in 1984 was totally in Italy, is now two-thirds in Switzerland. Can you believe that? And now here's a, quite a different quote, and it's from John Lang. He's an he's a amazing climate specialist, and I've um, referred to John's amazing graphics before, and we'll link to another one here. But a th comment that he makes, which I think it puts it very much in perspective, climate change isn't a cliff we step off at 1.5 degrees C or 2 degrees C. It's more a minefield we're stepping into. John Lang, and that's on his, an amazing graphic um, explaining some of the IPCC situation. Now, electric vehicles. The world shows the way again. Let's stop kidding ourselves and catch up. So chargesmart.co.nz reported, 2021 was the year of the electric vehicle in New Zealand, with the government providing the needed push. Well, I'm saying, really? CM81 has crunched the data. I, I've crunched the data on that from Visual Capitalist, a, uh, a quite remarkable organisation that produces wonderful graphics. And New Zealand is about the worst in the developed world for EVs, which double sucks as we're also globally extreme car users. So not only are we huge users of cars generally, but we're very slow at uptaking electric vehicles. I've actually, there's a graph which I can't replicate on the radio, but in, in Climate Matters 81, and it shows uh, a whole lot of OECD countries and New Zealand totally at the wrong end of the scale there. Having said that, a little bit of good news that I've just heard long after um, this Climate Matters was issued is that last month, as in September, for the first time ever, the leading car sales were for an electric vehicle. But I don't know what model it is. I just heard it reported and I want to find out the model. So I'm sorry I can't share that with you. Now, let's have a look at RIP James Lovelock, though sadly, I suspect he probably won't rest in peace. James Lovelock was the founder of the once disputed Gaia theory, but now it's widely accepted, and he's died at the wonderful age of 103. My role has been to bring separate things and ideas together, reports The Guardian from previous interviews with James Lovelock. However, I'd like to put in that such interconnectedness, although it's um, wonderful and now gaining acceptance mainstream, it's also at the core of TR Māori and many other indigenous cultures. So maybe Lovelock should have been described as refounding the Gaia theory rather than founding it. Nonetheless, it's a, a very important theory that talks about the connection between things and how you can't adjust one thing without it affecting something else, particularly in the environment. So 
RIP James Lovelock, thank you for your contribution. I suspect that with the troubles besetting the world, it'll be very hard for you to rest in peace. And I'm going to close that little bit with a quote actually from my own mother, Irma Wood. And she, when reading about Gaia and uh, James Lovelock, her comment about the way humans are treating the world was, when Gaia itches, she scratches. In other words, if we disturb Gaia, we're going to pay the price, just like a mosquito that bites us. Now, I'm going back to the riddle briefly. And um, you remember, what was SF6? Well, SF6 is the chemical formula for sulfur hexafluoride. And what's important of that, it's the most potent known greenhouse gas with rated about nearly 24,000 times as powerful as carbon dioxide. That's an astonishing and rather terrifying statistic. And where is it used? Well, one of the most widespread uses is in high voltage switching gear. So all these, I don't know about all, but I imagine all of these wind turbines that we're popping up everywhere, and we really need to do that. But they have switching gear that uses sulfur hexafluoride. And so to give you an idea, just one kilogram of that escaping into the atmosphere, that's like just a small aerosol or a large aerosol can, one kilogram of that has the same global warming effect as perhaps you or me flying around to Europe and back maybe three times. So it's incredibly powerful. It has to be incredibly carefully managed. Quickly, a hot tip for a cooler planet. And it was to be, ask an election candidate what their... Um, what they were going to ask them a climate question for the elections. But of course, the elections have gone. So I've taken the very first ever hot tip, which was in climate matters number 10. And that hot tip was reduce your use of cloud storage. Cloud storage of data uses about a million times the energy that it does storing it on your own hard drive or on a local hard drive in your house. So think very seriously about how much data you're storing and try and cut it down. Delete all those old photos you're not using and everything. So on that note, I have to finish. I want to thank you very much for your company. Um, I hope we enjoy it again next week. And in the meantime, this is Lindsay Wood signing off. And as always, wishing you kia kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.